Hello, church and guests. This is Pastor Jay Hines. And Pastor Joe Sorgen. Welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we're continuing on Sunday mornings to work our way through Paul's letter to the Philippians, we're getting near the end. And this past Sunday here at Church of the Open Bible, we were in chapter 4, verses 10 to 20, where Paul talks about how he had learned the secret of being content, that it's depending on Christ in every circumstance, and specifically depending on the power of Christ, on the people of Christ, and the promises of Christ. And part of that, depending on the people of Christ, uh, we saw how the Philippians had partnered with Paul in ministry, and at a time when no other churches had, after he had left Macedonia and his church planning ministry there, they supported him. And then on another occasion, also gave generous support to uh, other churches, the church in in Rome, we see in 2 Corinthians. And as we consider that on Sunday, we were encouraged and maybe even a little bit admonished to consider how we are partnering in ministry financially with others, whether that's our own church and our, our local ministry here, or it's missionaries and ministries elsewhere. And particularly like Paul, who is in dire need, how are we showing our concern by not only praying for other believers and other ministries and our own, but also how are we supporting financially? And of course, this is something that often as pastors, we're reluctant to talk about. We want to be careful. We don't want anyone to ever think that, you know, this is all about the money or that somehow we're talking about uh, giving in order to benefit ourselves. But rather, we just want to be biblical and recognize that this is part of the great commission we've been given to make disciples of all nations means our financial giving and support and sharing in ministry. Again, whether that's the local ministry of the church or ministry, church planting, missions around the world. And so Joe and I thought maybe that would be one thing coming out of this text and out of this sermon that we would briefly discuss on today's episode, supporting financially uh, ministries and the mission of the church. So maybe just as a starting point, Joe, how should we be thinking about this particularly in regards to the issue of tithing. I think that's probably where most people start. Mm -hmm. Most people, when they think about giving and supporting, they think right away about tithing. What What is tithing? Is that something we are to do in the church age? How should we think about that? Yeah, so the, the idea of tithing is, is interesting. Obviously, going back to the Old Testament, you see um, that the Israelites are, are supposed to give uh, the, the first fruits of their crop and things like that. Uh, and I think in a couple of places it does even kind of mention like a tenth uh, and different things. So 10%. Uh, but then we move on to the New Testament and there's not actually like an overt command to give 10% or, or things like that. But we are encouraged, like in the passages that, that we've read and that, uh, that you've already mentioned, to, to give um, and to, to give to the church to, um, to support that. And, and so... Uh, I, I think in, in the, in the new Testament, again, there's not like this certain percentage, but I think that's still a helpful guide at times mm -hmm. to kind of begin with. Um, you know, if, if you make a hundred dollars, um, then $10 perhaps goes to, to the church. I, again, I don't, I don't think we should be legalistic about that necessarily, but it is a helpful guide. And that was something that I remember being taught from, mm -hmm. from a really young age. It's like, I did chores around, around the house, um, you know, dishes, fed the dog, whatever, and got my five bucks a month or whatever it was, thought it was filthy rich. But, um, I, I was told it's like, Joe, you have to give, or you, it wasn't have to, it wasn't, it was a choice, but my parents encouraged me to give that money 
uh, on Sunday mornings to the church or a, a portion of it. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's important. It's important to uh, teach kids and, uh, and in general, just for us to be thinking about uh, giving, perhaps a percentage, but like you said, sometimes giving to the point where it's sacrificial. I think that's important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there certainly is this idea of sacrificial giving and it's such a balance just in general, not just with tithing with other things. I had a conversation with some of the young adult guys not that long ago. Like so many things in the Bible, things you need to have balance with. And I think money is one of those things as well. Like you don't want to just be going crazy and give like literally everything and then leave your family with with nothing because you gave all that you have to the church. Well, you still need to take care of your family, of course. Um, but yet there is this idea of giving where it's it's a sacrifice, of course, as well. And so I think as individuals, we need to wrestle with that and consider what that means. Um, but again, I think going back to that guide, perhaps of 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 that 10%, that one tenth, um, is is a helpful way to consider uh, consider giving to the church as well. Yeah, it's a good starting point, a good principle. We know that Israel was to do that to support the priestly ministry in the temple, uh, and and it would make sense that that would be a helpful starting point for us as well. And yet, I've often heard it said, I think this is true, that if anything, the teaching of Jesus and the teaching that we see on giving in the New Testament during the church age and under the new covenant expands that Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, retracts that. It's not like, well, you know, now we don't need to give 10% because we're not under the old covenant. There's no temple and priesthood. There's just the local church. So, you know, we can really give just whatever we have left over or kind of just whatever, you know, makes sense for each person. I would say, if anything, the call to giving is for more giving, more generosity, more sacrifice, more dependence on God that he will support. Uh, our, our giving as we give faithfully and wisely and prayerfully that he will provide for us so that we can give uh, over and above that. Mm-hmm. And so I usually tell people 10%, I think is a really good starting point and a good discipline for us. And I know the same thing growing up, that was just assumed we give 10%. My, my parents were very open about it. We give 10% of our income. We expect you to give 10% of whatever you make or get as gifts or whatever, uh, because that's just the bare bones of what we want to be giving for the ministry of the church, but then also to be giving above and beyond that. Um, you know, and, and so I know for our family personally, we, that's the starting point. That's the non-negotiable. We give 10% to this local church and its ministries. And then above that, uh, to be giving either for specific, maybe, um, requests of the church that we need or, or for the specifically for the mission, uh, support that we do as a church to be giving on top of that. We also support, missionaries individually we we give to different missionaries every month we have our own our compassion kids we give Mm -hmm. to uh and then other ministries at times there's more bigger lump sums that we give to certain things when that's uh there and again i'm not telling this in any way to be bragging about what we're doing don't get me wrong i'm just telling you uh just as an example of what i think is the new testament precedent is that it would make sense to at the very least be giving 10 percent to our church. And then out of the abundance, and let's be honest, God has given us abundance as North American Christians. We would be generously giving to other missions and ministries and people in need as well, just as the Philippians did. And I think that's the example in Philippi as well. Like um, as, as the church in Philippi, certainly there were needs and giving that was happening to support that church, 
But yet we also see this example of them going above and beyond yeah. to bless Paul, a, a missionary, yeah. a church planter, right? They they gave beyond what they would normally give uh, sacrificially to uh, to a partner in ministry in that way. Exactly. And I read that from 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where Paul is talking about the church of Macedonia, which would have included Philippi. And here it's talking more specifically about how they were supporting uh, the, the church in Jerusalem that was going through uh, persecution. And he said specifically of them, they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. And before that, he said they were actually in extreme poverty. Now, we know some people, like most likely Lydia, was probably a wealthy woman. And there were maybe a few wealthy people in the church. But it sounds like either at this point, because of persecution, maybe some of them had lost their wealth, or maybe the majority of the church was not well off. But they gave even in their poverty. And it says they didn't just give uh, according to their means, but beyond it. So it hurt, right? It was a sacrifice. But what I love is that it wasn't a burdensome sacrifice. It was a blessed sacrifice. It was a joyful sacrifice. It, it was the kind of sacrifice you want to make. Not like, oh, woe is me. I have to give this. Oh, it hurts so much. It's like, oh man, you know, this is, this is going to be a sacrifice because we're going to have to go maybe without in certain areas, but we want to. Paul goes on to say, they begged us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. They saw it as a favor, as a blessing. They begged Paul, let us give even beyond our means because we want to help our brothers and sisters who are in need in Jerusalem. And I just think that is the attitude. And actually, that's how Paul described their giving to him in Philippians 4.18. He said it was a fragrant offering and sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So just as the Old Testament sacrifices, when they were done in faith and they were done it is an act of, of worship and devotion to God and to bless the, the temple and the priests and everyone involved. Uh, God saw it as a sacrifice and as a fragrant offering, a sweet smelling aroma to him, which of course then makes it not that burdensome sacrifice, but a blessed sacrifice, knowing that it pleases the Lord. And, and I can tell you, everyone I know who is generous, especially people, some people I know who are just lavishly generous and they go so far beyond um, you know, what probably most of us would expect in their generosity for the uh, for gospel ministry, uh, for helping people in need, other Christians, that sort of thing. They are usually the most joyful people, right? They, they, they have learned the secret that Paul talked about in, in Acts 20. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and that's really at the heart of what Christian giving is. There's a sense in which, God, you have given me every blessing every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, right? You became poor, Jesus, so that I may become spiritually rich. You've given me this inheritance of eternal life. How could I not, out of that abundance, and then out of your promise to, you know, as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And then with that promise too, how could I not just freely give? Wisely, of course, right? And there's different, we need to support family and we need to, you know, there's, there's bills to pay, of course, all of that, but, but to really be pushing the envelope. And I think that's so important. And, and I appreciate your thoughts on this, Joe, too. I really think as Christians, we need to be always reassessing our giving and our support so that we can be uh, considering whether there can be more, whether we've become complacent, whether we've become comfortable. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I think I agree. And uh, again, there is a level of balance there as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if, if you have a family of, 
you know, you've got six kids and you're living in a two bedroom house and you're making it work and, and you've been saving up for, for another house. And then, you know, you hear something about giving and you realize, Oh, I'm going to give this all away. We're going to keep making it work. Maybe that's a, a good thing to do, but maybe it's okay for you to still buy that house. That's a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it's not like that's a sin. Um, but, but I agree. I think it's still there, there's that balance, mm -hmm. but yet if you already live in a, you know, in a house and you make it work and yeah, maybe some kids are sharing rooms or whatever, but big deal, kids can do that. And then you're hoping to, you know, move into a mansion. Uh, mm -hmm. well then it's like, do you need that? You know? Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, and maybe that's, I'm making that a little bit more black and white than it needs to be, but. Uh, I think it is just important to, like you said, just assess where are we at? Can we give more? Mm -hmm. I think that's an important question. Um, there, there's lots of questions like that. It's kind of like questions as, as Christians, uh, am I called to be a global missionary? Another question that should be asked probably more often than it is. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a, a similar one. Can I give more than I am? And, uh, and uh, sometimes the answer to that is you reassess it, you realize, maybe not right now, but that doesn't mean you don't ask that question again. Yeah. You come back to it yeah. and, and ask, is there, can we make this work? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it is, it is a blessing. And, you know, you were talking about kind of the heart of giving. And I do want to say too, it's not like every time, you know, I, I'm sending money to someone, am I overjoyed? You know, sometimes you look, you look at the bank statements like, Oh boy, but you still, it's still a discipline mm -hmm. that you need to do. But you realize when you give it and after you give it that it is a blessing, especially when you have that that attitude, that that perspective that you shared about, like, oh, Christ gave me everything, and uh, certainly uh, even what I have right now is not mine; it's His, and I can I can use that to to bless others. And mm -hmm. I think that does help. But um, you know, I I've heard it said it's like, well, if if I don't if it hurts me to give, like if it, if it doesn't if I'm not feeling comfortable with it, then I probably shouldn't because my heart's not in the right place. Eh, I don't think that's actually that's the not case. what he meant. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the opposite, in fact. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a good time to reevaluate is when we are when our financial situation improves. So whether that's getting a promotion, whether it's getting a raise, whether it's coming into money, all of a sudden, maybe, you know, uh, in, in someone passes away and we, we get a bunch of money. Uh, I heard a pastor one time saying, I think this is great. And we've tried to think this through often um when i come into money when i get a promotion when i get a raise what changes what what increases does our cost our our story our standard of living increase or does our standard of giving increase and i think we are enculturated to think immediately well i deserve to have my standard of living increase as soon as i my financial situation improves because that's the way our world thinks right so Okay, you got a promotion. Well, time to buy a nicer car, time to build a bigger house, time to go on another vacation, time to put away more money for that retirement, right? Rather than thinking, hold on a second. Am I already living at a very comfortable standard of living? Globally, I certainly am. Globally, we're all filthy rich. Um, but even just from our own culture, am I basically living at a pretty ordinary, uh, humble uh, standard of, of living. If I am, why would I assume that as my financial situation increases automatically? Okay. Standard of living increases. Mm -hmm. No. Should it not rather be my standard of giving? Should I not be rather considering Jesus command that 
uh, store up treasures for yourself in heaven where neither rust nor moth destroys, right? Mm-hmm. Where thief cannot steal. That's where our heart should be. If anything, our, our inclination should be very countercultural. And our first inclination should rather be as Christians. Ooh, my standard of giving is going to increase. I can't yeah. wait. And then maybe, oh, but yeah, you know, we got that other kid on the way. And I got to think that through. Do we, okay, you know, yeah, we got enough space. But, you know, this this is going to increase. And, okay, so maybe maybe this raise is going to help with that a little bit but so then maybe maybe it doesn't mean we give everything that i'm getting more now to to you know missions or whatever um, but maybe part of it doesn't you know like but that should be our our, our natural inclination to first yeah. ask how can i give more rather than how can i get more and increase my standard of living and and one thing i would say too is i think to get perspective it's really helpful to think about how other christians are living around the world because we presume often that a normal standard of living is X when really, let's be honest, our normal standard of living is extravagant compared to most of the world. And uh, that would be good for us to consider that often. Mm-hmm. And and I do think too, you know, thinking, like you said, does my standard of giving or standard of living increase? And as you mentioned, sometimes the answer might be both. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. But even, I, I would just say even, in those situations where hopefully that standard of giving went up and then maybe that standard of living, you know, bumped up a touch as well with whatever it is that you bought, you know, whether that's a new house or a car or whatever, how can you use that still to bless others? Like, I think that's, yeah, it's not so self-focused. Exactly. Uh, You can still use those things. It's like, Oh, we have a bigger house. Great. We can have more families over Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, invite them into our home and practice hospitality now or, or things like that. I think, um, we just want to definitely avoid that that me focus mentality um, and just yeah. make sure we're focused on on others that's a great great point absolutely yeah yeah i like that and that can be true for yeah so many things is is this increase in standard of living going to actually be able to allow me to then serve and bless others mm-hmm. more with it yeah that's really good that's good well uh, I think that's where we'll end. Uh, we hope this might spark some discussion for yourself and for your family and maybe some friends or people in the church. This is an important issue. I know we often are hesitant to talk about money, but the Bible talks about money a ton. And so we should not be afraid to talk about it humbly and uh, biblically and want to, like we said, use all that we've had for the glory of God and for the gospel ministry that he's entrusted to us. So until next time, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and forever. So long. See ya.